Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, Reiki energy teacher, medium, and author of my newest book, A New Life Awaits, Spirit-Guided Insights to Support Global Awakening, which just came out on February 7th, sharing a plan for creating through your thoughts and actions new approaches for living the duality of soul and physical life in its most advantageous possibilities and supporting life here and beyond. I am most delighted to welcome Dr. Eben Alexander, author of his newest book, Living in a Mindful Universe, and a former guest of the Healing from Within, as we continue to focus on his journey to tap into our greater mind and the power of our heart to enhance healing relationships, creativity, and indeed all aspects of life. Hello, Dr. Alexander, and thank you for joining us again. Well, hello, Cheryl. It's great to be back. Thanks for having me back on. For our listeners who would like to listen to the show that we shared previously, go to my website, CherylGlick.com, and listen to us as we discuss Dr. Alexander's near-death experience shared in his first book, Proof of Heaven, a beautiful and authentic view of the afterlife, the place that I see as a medium when I connect to higher realms of life and meditation. Go to the radio page, July 2013. It doesn't seem that long ago that we were discussing your visit no, to the it, afterlife. It really doesn't. I can't believe it was six and a half years ago. Well, <laughs> see, because time is really speeding up, and since there is no time and space, only eternal life, so there it is. Eben, speed up all at once, too. Yes. <laughs> Eben, as listeners of Healing from Within are well aware, my guests, my esteemed guests and I share intimate experiences and the realization that we are all very much more than we appear to be and are only using a small part of our brain or mind power to create the world of opportunities that exist within our soul or energetic presence. It is in an only through understanding the duality of life and the opposite choices which are always available to us that we learn balance, harmony, and ways to achieve a purposeful, healthy life experience. But we often have to let go of beliefs and stories of past events in order to see life with new perspective. In today's episode of Healing from Within, Dr. Evan Alexander, an academic neurosurgeon dealing with patients rendered comatose by trauma, brain tumors, ruptured aneurysms, infections, or stroke, thought he had a good idea of how the brain generates consciousness. And now, after a near-death experience himself, is able to offer a more comprehensive worldview where consciousness is the glue that defines reality itself and shatters conventional boundaries that traditionally separated science from spirituality. In other words, we need to learn how to be mindful and live in a mindful universe, and the time is most definitely now. Eben, uh, you may remember this question or not, but I always love to ask it because it opens up a person's memories to who they really are and have always been. So I love to ask my guests to think back to their childhood and remember a person, place, or event that may have left a strong impression on their heart or mind and led them to the lifestyle, work, or interest they are exploring now as an adult. So think back. You have an interesting childhood. I know your story. I've read your books. 
Well, I think uh, for me, it's a, I must say a huge part of the influence in my life was really um, seeing how much my my dad enjoyed uh, his work with patients, and I would go on rounds with him. And you know, this is back when I was uh, a kid, you know, sixth grade, seventh grade, and he would take me around and introduce me to his patients and. Uh, for me, it was just a, a beautiful experience because I saw how much uh, happiness he had in taking care of people and in helping people who would get better. And it's really those kind of childhood memories, uh, say, of rounding with my dad at night after after dinner when on those rare occasions when he would actually take me back to the hospital, that really stuck in my mind. And that's what I think set me on a, a career of being a physician and, and wanting to help people. And Neurosurgery was a, a perfect place for that because neurosurgical patients, in many ways, are often in some pretty uh, deep trouble. So yes. mm-hmm. uh, you can help them. Uh, you know, it, it's it's amazing when you can. We can't always help our patients as much as we well, like. Well, yeah, I'm going to say something to our audience. Healers are not made; they are born, and I think souls pick the family they need to be with so that they can develop their soul journey which for you was to go into uh, medicine healing work and you had the father who could who could do that i also my father was a podiatrist and um, a very gifted talented man gentle quiet man and i also observed how loved he was by his his patients and i also wanted to be of service and to help people be, I guess, healthier and happy. So we right. had we had that. So so to put it, we were brought into the circumstances we needed to continue well, with I the work we had to do. I think that's very true. And uh, you know, I've, I I know I spent some of my life, uh, you know, in my high school and college years, wanting to go into physics. Mm. I had a very strong impetus to go into physics just because of my interest. But when I had a job one summer working in the hospital and working with patients, I worked as a hospital orderly, um, I just fell in love with it. And there was just something I got out of that that I, I don't think I ever would have gotten out of physics, uh, and it was to help people. And I think in many ways you're right. I think we're, in many ways, we're kind of born to it. I mean, people who really take a passion yeah. uh, to to the healing arts and, and not only, trying to help other people. Not only are we born to it, we're guided to it by the experiences, many of which come into our life, which are not random at all, and the choices right. we make to follow up. You know, I did hospice care for eight years because I truly wanted to help people who were so afraid of dying and their families because uh-huh. I, I already realized that there was no death, only uh, a return to our eternal energy source and I uh, I was guided to it one thing yeah. led to another one place one patient and I always followed the clues because after I discovered coincidences and synchronicity are bringing us together with uh, the experiences and the people we need to have so we can expand our soul energy and gather greater compassion and love because that's why we're here in a physical yeah. life it's all for the soul and we need yeah. to discount a lot of the stuff in the physical world which mm, hampers us from being the great magnificent uh, spirit and energy with potential and uh, we have to we have to I don't like the word resist. I say we have to see it in the right way 
and then yes. make the best choices. So let's well, fast forward to your near-death experience and about the realms you visited. How common are near-death experiences, and how was yours the same? There's a lot of questions in one. You can answer any of it. How was yours the same or different than other people's near-death experiences? Well, they're, they're actually uh, quite common. I mean, a, a, a Gallup poll... Uh, several years ago suggests that uh, probably 15 million Americans, uh, if not more, have have had them. I think the numbers are always a bit low because people do not tend to talk about them. These things are shocking. They're completely unexpected, out of left field. I mean, especially if you're like me, if you kind of bought into uh, scientific materialism before and thought the brain created consciousness, one of the biggest shocks is what happens when you're liberated from your physical brain. Your awareness uh, is not something created by the brain at all. It's it's filtered in. Um, and so it's really kind of shocking to go through it. And yet uh, their commonality uh, is something that's not apparent uh, to many people unless you kind of study this, although uh, many, many people out there also know someone or have a family member who's had one. So, in fact, uh, all of us are probably about two degrees of separation away from, from a profound near-death experience, two or three degrees. Um, and, and that's where I think we need to pay attention to this. And that's what I hoped would be a tremendous uh, role for proof of heaven, would be to help take the lid off by showing that these are consistent with our modern science. You know, this notion of an afterlife and even of reincarnation uh, is something that has a very strong scientific support for it. But you have to study that scientific literature and unfortunately, the dominant voice in our modern culture of our scientific community is that of scientific materialism. You know, those are the guys who say, oh, that's all nonsense, you know, uh, NDEs are hallucinations. It can't be true because the brain creates consciousness. Well, that actually is a view that has been left behind for a long time by those who study consciousness. Uh, and and for, the, for your listeners who are interested, I would steer you to GalileoCommission.org. I'm on the scientific advisory board for that group. It's a uh, group based in Europe. More than a hundred scientists uh, who support that work. And if you read the manifesto at GalileoCommission.org, you realize that science is strongly behind the reality of soul and the afterlife and the spiritual nature of the universe. Uh, but it's only kind of hardcore a materialist who insists on uh, believing that only the physical world exists and that somehow uh, consciousness is this epiphenomenon illusion created by the physical workings of the brain. They're the ones that are so misleading to people, but they're also the ones who, uh, in general, are willfully ignorant of the scientific evidence that supports the reality not only of the afterlife and of all manner of non-local consciousness, things like the reality of telepathy, remote viewing, mm. Uh, out-of-body experiences, uh, psychokinesis, and then, of course, near-death experiences and shared death experiences, which go a step further than near-death because they happen in perfectly healthy people, not in the person who's dying, but often the soul of a loved one will go along on the journey. Uh, and that is what we call a shared death experience, often to the point where they see a full-blown life review, and then that bystander soul comes back to this world. And I started hearing lots of shared death experiences from my audiences. I was well, used to hearing about near death, but well, wow, when I, I heard shared death. I'd like, I'd like to give you a shared death experience that I had. Uh, it was 
26 years ago, I was very sick with the flu. And I was lying there. I couldn't eat or drink or watch television. I just was in a, a very uh, sad state, let's put it that uh -huh. way, of feeling for me, because I have tremendous energy, and I'm not used to feeling like that. And uh -huh. all of a sudden, my grandfather was standing to my right side. And right. he was in a, he was in a shadow, but I knew it was him, and he was saying to me, you have to write something for your father. And I had no idea what it was. It was, if a dream, very strange. Uh-huh. And I, I went down and I told him, um, the woman who works for me that, uh, I don't know what happened, but it, I couldn't explain it. The next day I got a call from my mother that my father had passed. Oh, and, and wow. I, and I wrote his eulogy. Uh -huh. and, and 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 I was told in the message to write th I would write a me a message for my father, and I've written three books since. Wow! <laughs> uh, and so yeah, I was given the directive, and I I don't think it was a near death experience, but it was definitely an interaction with spirit. And I've been told by other mediums that my grandfather has engaged with me in this journey. He, uh -huh. was, he wasn't interested in it when he was alive, but, but he's interested in it now, and that my father has shared um, many messages for me to include in my books. So, you're well, right. I, I've often, there it is, often, a shared journey. I've, I, that's beautiful. I've often thought, uh, you know, as much as, uh, just like anyone else, I kind of lament the, the, the uh, loss of, uh, you know, of a colleague, of someone who's been an important collaborator, but what I've actually learned is often they can do more from the other side than they were doing to help us on this side. Absolutely, yes. So uh, it's not as if their energy and their sole efforts in collaboration with us cannot continue. It's really kind of amazing. Well, you know, Eben, as a medium who meditates and gets accurate information from my clients to validate what's happening in their lives and offer them ways to remember their own soul life, I often think how happy I am that that wasn't maybe quite a near-death experience like you had, which was very challenging. But um, do you wish to return to the other side as a result of that experience you had, which was a very beautiful experience? Or have you found another way to do so besides almost dying? Well, I actually have. I use uh, meditation. Uh, I've been meditating an hour or two a day. I've done it for the last 10 years plus. Uh, and it's been a tremendous uh, uh, benefit to me. And, in fact, I tell some very concrete uh, stories of that in our book, Living in a Mindful Universe, especially about how I used uh, sacred acoustics meditations uh, to get back in touch with the soul of my father, who had not been there during my NDE. That was a real shocker to me, uh, although I came to realize much, much later that the reason my guardian angel with who she was, you know, such an unexpected figure, and not my father, is if it had been my father, in spite of the fact that I had a one in, you know, 10 million diagnosis of this E. coli bacterial meningoencephalitis and a one in a billion recovery, because after a week in coma with that illness, down to a 2% chance of survival, I had a complete recovery over about two months' time. And that is from a starting point of having my brain just wrecked when I first woke up in the ICU bed. Um, but all of that has been just a, a tremendous gift of growth, and uh, 
Uh, it's really about, uh, you know, the, the time I've spent since then to investigate it has also involved a tremendous practice of meditation. And for people who want to learn more about how meditation can get us into the same territory to learn the kind of lessons that are learned in near-death and shared-death experiences, I would just advise people to go to sacredacoustics.com and check out some of my partner Karen Newell's uh, advice or teaching videos and some of the tones that she does. Uh, the important thing for people to understand about these kind of differential frequency sounds and how they can be used for brain entrainment, the reason they're so powerful from my point of view is that they use uh, slight differences in frequencies to affect a circuit in the lower brain stem that evolved more than 300 million years ago. Most of the sounds we've ever heard, and that includes any chants or anthems or hymns that might have helped induce a transcendental state of consciousness, um, are processed in the neocortex up in the temporal lobes in circuits that have arisen in the last 1 to 10 million years. They are very much part of humans and of, of primates. Uh, but this other circuit I'm talking about that sacred acoustics influences is way down in the lower brainstem, ancient, 300 million years of evolution ago. Uh, and that's why I believe it is so powerful, the kind of effects we can have from these sounds, because they really liberate conscious awareness in a profound way. And that can be very useful in terms of connecting with higher soul, with that uh, infinite healing force of, of love that so many near-death experiences have encountered. can also help greatly with creativity um, and, and basically with finding one's purpose. I mean, this kind of meditation can be very powerful and helps one to leave behind the little ego mind, the little running stream of thoughts in our head that we identify with and come into identity with a much grander part of ourself that really is eternal and that is also deeply connected with the entire universe. And that's why meditation is such a profound uh, tool, going within. Well, you don't have to have an NDE to know everything I know about this. You can no. just uh, cultivate it through meditation. Well, I was told, <laughs> I was told by a medium many years ago that I had to go to yoga, and I looked at her and rolled my eyes because I wasn't that interested in it. And a week later, I got invited uh, by a person. She says, "Oh, I have a." A ticket to to my yoga studio. Would you like to come? And I would definitely had say, I would have said no. I often did that in those days. <laughs> since uh -huh. then, I since then I've learned to say yes to most things. Yes. But but <laughs> <laughs> since the opening of my soul and my heart and mind, but but I went, and I went for five years, three times a week. And I learned the language of energy, and I learned to slow down my type 1 personality, and I learned to feel my body. And then with meditation, one day my teacher said to me, I studied Reiki healing, and one day she said to me, you're a medium. I said, no, 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 everybody is intuitive. I, I don't think so. And then for a year, when I was doing Reiki with patients or clients, as I call them, uh, I would get messages and I was frightened to give it to them because I didn't want to give anything wrong that might, you know, take a person on a wrong course. Right. Uh, and a year later, I was at a workshop in the Bahamas and a very famous medium from England said to me, he just walked over to me, he said, your father is very happy with your progress and he wants you to give the messages. He wants you to 
give the messages. So there was the end of my scientific training and background and having to prove everything because he was in spirit and he told me to do what was necessary to help people. And I never looked back and I never thought about it again. And that that was 20 years ago, 20 years ago. Yeah. Well, that that is beautiful, and it's it's a wonderful lesson in in uh, you know following your heart. Yes. Uh, following your intuition. I mean, in our culture, there are so many uh, kind of noisy messages that don't necessarily help us. So it's so important to tune out the kind of nonsense of our our culture and learn to really follow the heart and uh, you know see how we we link up with the universe in these profound ways, and you can certainly feel it and i think your story is a beautiful example of someone following their heart well i was a very dutiful child so when i was told by spirit i had to do what i had to do i really never questioned it i was kind of intrigued and have studied so many different modalities and interviewed most of the best minds on the planet and uh, it's quite a gift it's well, quite it, a gift to know who you are spiritually. It's it's the greatest gift that I could have ever hoped for in this lifetime. And nobody could get me to re- renege on it or say it's not so. And by the way, you wrote, we know lots about the mechanics of the brain right down to the molecular level. But when it comes to consciousness, we simply haven't got a clue. How might the physical matter of the brain give rise to the conscious mind? Well, I've interpreted this way. Years ago, I spoke to Dr. Maury Pressman, author of Living in the Supermind. He's no longer alive yeah, physically. Yeah, I met Maury a Did few years you? Ago. Wonderful, wonderful man. Yes. Now, the brain he suggested in simple terms was the physical organ to connect to physical life, and the mind was an energy connected to dimensions of the eternal levels of life and creation. That's what I connect to as a medium when I go uh-huh. into my state and get information and ask questions. And uh, he was a, a trained psychiatrist. Uh, he combined that work with studies in the high reaches of the mind. And so it was spiritual psychotherapy and the exploration of the human soul. And it won't be too long before all doctors will talk as you talk today from their experiences or from an opening up. And that's what we're having right now with this coronavirus pandemic. This is a spiritual happening of extreme magnitude for people to trust something more than their own physical life. Well, and I, materials. Think, I think you're exactly right. I think it's a challenge that has a real purpose to it. And this uh, it's really going to... Uh, we will do much better facing this virus by really coming together in our efforts. Even though we are socially distancing right now to kind of blunt that curve and, and prevent the uh, pandemic from overwhelming our healthcare resources, the bottom line is it is ultimately going to bring us together and make us uh, care a lot more for each other. Uh, and I'm optimistic about the long-term outcome. Me too. Uh, Absolutely. We can face it appropriately. Yes, absolutely. From every bit of trauma or something negative, we can move to the positive. And that's what life is all about. Understanding emotions, going through challenges, and, and weathering the storm, so to put it, and, and having trust in the bigger plan that we will weather that storm, as I do and as you do also. Now, um, is there, do you believe scientific evidence that God exists? 
And what scientific evidence is there for reincarnation? Now, you know, when I was a student, I studied philosophy and literature and religion, and you know what I was looking for. I was looking to understand who we are, what life's uh-huh. all about, where we come from. But I didn't find the answers then. It took me much longer to put all the pieces together. So can you tell us, is there scientific evidence that God or, or a universal energy exists? Yeah. The, the scientific evidence is very, very strong. Um, now, for example, I would point people, now here's another excellent resource, uvadops.org. University of Virginia Division of Perceptual Studies, but the letters uvadops.org, and you'll find a tremendous wealth of information on that website. That's at the University of Virginia Division of Perceptual Studies. And for more than 60 years now, that group of, of physicians and scientists has studied all aspects of non-local consciousness, things like telepathy, remote viewing, psychokinesis, precognition, all of those and near-death and shared-death experiences, and not only that, but under Dr. Ian Stevenson, beginning in the late 60s, they started studying cases of past-life memories in children. Yes, I'm aware um, of that, yes. That suggested reincarnation, but the bottom line is they now have more than 2,500 cases uh, of, of past-life memories in children suggested reincarnation, where the reincarnation really is the, is the best explanation. And when you start going through these stories and start reading this literature, uh, you realize that we simply need a much bigger kind of definition of what we're calling consciousness and mind and uh, awareness and uh, our, our, our notions of, of the limitations of human potential are built into our culture. But many of them are false. Yes. Uh, so we just need to greatly broaden our understanding. Mm-hmm. And, and the whole world of quantum physics completely opens up uh, to the universal possibility of our free will being very real, uh, given that our conventional materialist neuroscience would try and tell you there is no such thing as free will, uh, because they assume it's all just chemical reactions and electron fluxes in the brain leading to this epiphenomenon or side effect of conscious awareness. They're missing the point. The consciousness is the thing that's always existed. And uh, the physical world is actually a projection from the mental realm. Yes, uh, that's true. I mean, it's, it, it completely flips uh, materialist science and 400 years of the scientific revolution on its head, upside down. But it leads to a much more ready explanation of things like the afterlife and reincarnation when you realize that, that uh, quantum physics is showing us the way. And it's showing us, essentially, that uh, the the main causal forces in this universe are, are mental. They're not the bottom-up forces that I would have told you were the most important before my coma. As a materialist scientist, I thought, well, it's all just the workings of electrons, quarks, protons, photons, all the subatomic particles following their rules, and that ultimately that generates the universe that we live in. I now know that is false. There is a top-down principle of causality that is very important to acknowledge that quantum physicists have known about for decades. Uh, if you want a direct link to that, just go to the scientific journal Nature in the year 2005, where Richard Con Henry, who is the head of astrophysics at Johns Hopkins University, wrote a one-page essay called Mental Universe. And in that essay, he makes it very clear how the causal forces at work in this world are not bottom-up at the level of atoms and photons and quarks, 
but they're top-down. And that is something that we also address in great detail in our book, Living in a Mindful Universe. And I would also encourage your listeners who are interested in this to go to my website, evanalexander.com, and when you get there, there will be this banner that wiggles in your face, your 33-day journey into the heart of consciousness. Click on that banner, leave your first name and an email address, and join more than 8,000 people from around the world who have formed a community there where they've taken that 33-day email course where each day you get one of the main topics from our book. And all this is completely free. You don't have to spend a penny on it. Uh, But if you go to the website and and take that 33-day course, it will open your mind to the tremendous uh, growth in the scientific world and how the scientific and spiritual are actually coming together. There's no way to pretend this universe is that cold, dark, bleak, mechanical, clockwork universe that many materialist scientists think it is. Absolutely not. And you know, Eben, granted your prestigious academic appointments, it seems you really have gained the courage that so many lack to open the doors wide to the reality of our spiritual nature. Uh, For that, I'm very grateful because I felt for a long time I was fighting this battle alone. Now, I remember meeting Dr. Raymond Moody, uh, author of Life After Life, and his saying that scientifically, this is many years ago, he could not definitively conclude that life or consciousness survived physical life, though his book was all about that reality. So at the end of the lecture, I went up and I was a bit harsh with Dr. Moody, who's, by the way, a very nice man, and I said to him, you know, I'm a medium, I'm trying to prove, like you, the sole nature of our life, and I'm disappointed you didn't definitively state your belief that consciousness survives death. So he was very kind to me. He told me his wife's name was also Cheryl. And, uh-huh. a few, and a few years later, I read a book by him where he quite powerfully stated the truth of our knowingness. So I invited him on as one of the first guests ten years ago on my show. And of, and, of course, he was kind enough to join me, as so many of the gifted and distinguished seekers of truth have. So we have a lot of coincidences yes, going on. And they're, they're, they're synchronicities. Uh, none of them are accidents. They're, they're no. about a, no. a plan for this universe to grow and for all of us to grow with it. Uh, and yes, it, I've, I've, I've presented with Dr. Moody many a time. He's a great friend of ours, he and Cheryl. And... Uh, he uh, definitely is on board now with fully acknowledging the reality yes, of the afterlife. He is. And you know something in your first book, Proof of Heaven, you had a medium, and her name was Cheryl. And she told your wife that you were going to return from where you were having your experience, your near death experience. And yes, you, her name was Susan. Susan Richards. Oh, Susan. I thought it was. I thought there was a Cheryl there yeah, too. Yeah, she wrote a beautiful book called Third Eye Open. But yes, yeah, she was very instrumental in my coming back to this world, and she'd been a family friend for two decades. Uh, and I knew of her work as a channeler, and I always would kind of roll my eyes. At that right, I know. I used to roll my eyes. Well, there she was. Yeah, I used to roll my eyes, and it used to say, "Oh, these are the airy fairy people that dance in." Exactly. In, until in, until, until all of us experience it, and yes. then you go, "Oh my God, this is real." Yes, that is exactly yeah. true. So I want to thank you, Dr. Eben Alexander, author of your newest book, Living in a Mindful Universe, for dedicating and sharing information about near-death experiences and other spiritually transformative experiences and what they teach us about consciousness and the nature of reality. Like myself and the hundreds of authors who have shared their spiritual awakening, 
we hope for research on the unifying elements of science and spirituality and for everyone to be inspired by the power within their soul life to refine love and compassion and shed it out into the world to learn how to engage these ideas and to purchase Dr. Alexander's books go to ebinalexander.com or sacred acoustics.com in summarizing today's episode of healing from within we have shared multiple stories of scientists philosophers healers and visionaries as we move past the limitation of our physical world belief systems to discover the truth of being and that's in capital letters being and existing as eternal sources of divine energy and creation to understand the brain near near death experiences and the mind or universal source of creative energy that is within and around us and which connects us to all life eternally dr alexander writes that materialist science as a foundation for comprehending our reality is at a dead end we are long overdue to rise above this facade and this demands the robust incorporation of consciousness into a working model of the universe a convergence of understanding about our approach to science our universe and of course ourselves is the only way forward for those with the most open minds this is where science finds itself now in the 21st century as it finally moves closer to understanding the depths of the mind body debate Eben and I would simply have you awaken to the full awareness of your spiritual or soul life force and your physical reality as well so you may know you and we are also very much more than this physical life and by conquering the fear of death you will realize that the afterlife and all we love in this life is contained within the mind and soul of our life force and journeys past death to realms of infinite beauty and love Emmett and I were methodical proponents of the scientific community which demands proof of the unseen and we have been fortunate enough to have experiences that lead us to understand life beyond life and wish to share its awe-inspiring inspiring reality with those who will allow themselves to know the world universe beyond beliefs or opinions and truly feel the truth i am Cheryl Glick host of healing from within and invite you to my website cherylglick.com to read about or listen to leaders in the metaphysical scientific philosophical medical and psychological fields search for the truth of our entire essence spiritual and physical and no peace shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com thank you